Hello and welcome to anybody and everybody that's listening for the second time today. This is the N. Lopez podcast. Uh, this is a late upload. I've explained this before, but uh, my file fucking corrupted right now as I was recording this other episode or this episode. And um, I just erased like 18 minutes of fucking content. I don't know what happened. Um, I've lost stuff before. And uh, it's the worst. I'm just glad that I didn't lose anything with another guest because that is always the worst. I lost like four hours worth of content. Uh, some of the craziest content I've ever gotten out of uh, Andy Sauls, who was the person that was in the previous episode. Um, but like I said, late upload today because I was supposed to do an episode with my best friend and um, drummer, Efren Haro, who drums for Sucker for the Sour and Toilet. Uh, you know, he's he's a big dad now, so uh, schedules, get, uh, schedules get busy and things have to get rearranged. And instead of, instead of being smart and recording another episode, I had like three weeks to just sit on some episodes and not worry about like, I was like, I got my first two episodes coming back, so, you know, I'm good, I'm solid, whatever. Um, yeah, so I procrastinated about that. But, I mean, here I am recording this episode because I said, I'm back, I'm doing it, even if I have to fucking do episodes alone. I mean, not like I've been reaching out to very many people at the moment because, you know, things are still a little strange, and I've been very busy right now as well. So if I can just do solo episodes and occasionally have some guests, I guess that's what's going to be happening. But, you know, sorry for the late upload. I was procrastinating, and uh, I went to Phoenix over the weekend. I went and watched some bands play. Went and watched some, uh, like, I guess you might classify them as post-hardcore bands. Um, very popular 2000s bands. Um, I'm not going to say any names because do they need notoriety? They are some of my favorite bands, one of my favorite bands. But, I mean, do I need to say who I saw over the weekend? Is that just going to classify me as a some type of person? No, I saw Hawthorne Heights, Census Fail, and Bayside. Opening up for them was the Bomb Pops. who They were fucking awesome, too. Um, they killed it. Everybody killed it. I got a little tired towards the end, and I was like, man, it's been a while since I've been to an actual show. And uh, it was cool because, you know, just being around, it felt like a normal show. It felt normal. I mean, people were some people were wearing masks. Others weren't. Others were drinking beers. Others had beers in their fucking uh, cargo shorts. It was, uh, we were back into the swing of things. People were cutting through rudely without saying anything, just like, if they saw even, like, the smallest opening, they just walk right through it. They kind of push you back a little bit. They don't give a fuck if they're touching butt or pee-pee. And they just fucking power through, and they don't... The, the, the trick is, when you do stuff like that, you don't make eye contact, and you don't say anything. And if anybody taps on your shoulder, you fucking keep moving forward. And they grab you, you're just like, what, dude? And they're just like, dude, fucking, we're standing here. And you're just like, yeah, well, I'm fucking moving. Like, let's get this going. It's a fucking show anyway. So me and my wife went uh, to Phoenix to go watch that show at the Van Buren. It's my first time being at that venue. It was pretty... Honestly, I, I was expecting a larger venue. It was a pretty fucking big venue. 
I mean, I bet it could probably hold 500 or so. I don't, I have no clue what the, the cap of the Van Buren is. This isn't a fucking Van Buren promotion. That's why I didn't want, didn't care for saying all these other bands' names because do they need the promotion more than me? I mean, maybe some people will hear that and they'll be like, oh, that's cool. I like that. So maybe this podcast isn't a fucking total piece of shit. Um, but I mean, we were back, we were back at the shows, baby. Um, and you know, it was cool. I spent my weekend in Phoenix. I could, I really could care less about Phoenix, but, um, I mean, it's something to do. It's something to get you out of fucking town. We went to that show. It was cool. Um, there was someone fucking crowd surfing in a wheelchair. I think, you know, I'm sure that's become a popular thing since, um, Someone, someone was probably the first person to do that, and it probably ended up badly. I mean, the first person to crowd surf in a wheelchair probably ended up on the ground because, like, once they got to the the barricade at the front of the the crowd, they kind of, the people that had the fucking wheelchair that were holding on the wheelchair just kind of dumped it, and he fell into the pit. Imagine that. That was the first person that uh, tried to crowd surf in a wheelchair. And they couldn't get back up. So security acted like dicks. No, that didn't happen at this show. But that's what happened to the first person that ever crowd surfed, like I said. And um, so that was cool. It was cool seeing that. And, you know, everybody seemed to be supportive about it and making sure that they were safe. But I'm curious now as to when did that person get put down? Back onto the ground, like wheels to the ground. And uh, did they like get taken over the barricade? And then they're just like, okay, now you have to wheel yourself back to a spot in the fucking crowd. Or were they just like, you know what? You can rock in in the front. Um, I guess we'll never know. Because I didn't fucking pay attention after... It, they disappeared though. They were gone after like I looked and they looked back and like they weren't there. So um, maybe they fell into a black hole of emo because it was a fairly emo show. And uh, like Hawthorne Heights said, it's not a phase. For some, it was. For some, I mean, being emo just meant that you were super emotional about what? God damn it, about anything, dude. I might have been emo in high school. I was an extremely emotional kid. I didn't know how to process my emotions in a in a healthy way sometimes. Sometimes I fucking cut myself. That was, I mean, now it's stupid that I did that. But to anybody that is cutting themselves, you know, I've been there. I understand that. I understand that sometimes you just, you feel so tired and... um numb I guess that you as cliche as this is going to sound you just kind of want to feel something aside from nothingness or weightlessness because sometimes depression feels like weightlessness and it can be bad it can be like you're just floating around through life and uh that sucks but for me luckily uh I was able to use music as a very powerful coping mechanism. You know, I, uh, I would go for long, long fucking walks just listening to music 
around my small town. And I understand that, in, I mean, for some people, it might be hard because, you know, you don't feel safe being outside going for walks, um, which sucks because, you know, I wish anybody could have that safety to not have to worry about, you know, being kidnapped, being shot, being fucking, you know, taken. Um, and I wish that everybody who's feeling down that, you know, can find music as a fucking coping mechanism. I wish that anybody that could do that can just walk around because it is peaceful to have, it's like a soundtrack for your thoughts. You, you, you play these soundtrack, these songs, which become a soundtrack for memories of your life. And, you know, I just wish that anybody, everybody that is, you know, going through some shit could, um, just take a, a nice walk through a, uh, a small town at fucking dusk, not dusk, um, dawn, no, dusk, is it dusk? Sunset, around when the sun's setting, you know, go, going for a nice walk around a small town that's safe, and you can play music with both headphones in, and not have to worry about anything, um, because that is super peaceful, it's super relaxing, and, um, I mean, it helped me a lot whenever I was younger, but, I, I don't know how I got into that little fucking, that little tangent about music and depression and coping, I mean, I was, Oh, it was about how emo is not a phase, and um, I got into just being, you know, as a depressed teenager, I guess, which, you know, I was, and it was tough on me, and I'm pretty sure it was fucking tough on my parents, but, I mean, I'm doing pretty good now, so that's good for me. Uh, I don't mean to brag to anybody that's not, and to anybody that's not. If you're listening to this and this is helping you, I mean, that's awesome. That makes me feel good. Even if you don't comment or uh, subscribe to anything or just even leave a fucking uh, just a thumbs up. But whatever, you know, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. I'm uploading late episodes because I fucking am procrastination king. Anyway, so while I was in Phoenix, I went to a sushi restaurant. This sushi restaurant was pretty interesting. Um, it was super packed. Like, the the patio was very weird because it was like the front of the building was the patio, and you kind of had to, like, walk through people eating and drinking, blocking the fucking doorway. Because it's also a bar. It's not just a, a sushi place, but a bar. So you're... You know, you're walking through crowds of people, like, not crowds of people, but you're walking through people that are just sitting there in their tables or standing in front of where you need to fucking go, and you're kind of squeezing through, and you're just like, excuse me. I mean, you're standing in front of a fucking entranceway. And um, so we went to the sushi place, me and my wife and uh, her friend and her friend's boyfriend. And, you know, it was a good time. I got drunk, had a lot of Maker's Mark. Um, I got a dragon roll there, and this is predominantly what this whole conversation, just me bringing up this fucking uh, sushi place, is about how extra this place was with their uh, dragon roll. 
they brought it out and, you know, it was like in the shape of a dragon. I mean, I guess all sushi rolls could be in the shape of a dragon, a dragon without wings. And, you know, it had like this little um, piece of plastic that was like cut in the shape of a dragon. It had these cream cheese eyeballs on it and there was like sriracha or something some type of red sauce i'm almost positive it was sriracha on the side of it and they lit it i was the last one to get my food because they it came out like like it was they were really present the the presentation of this food was really good should i give this place a shout out Eh, it doesn't need it mostly because i forgot the name of it anyway uh this episode is sponsored by day drinking what do you do when you're procrastinating and uh, you're just procrastinating? Well, crack open a cold beer and uh, definitely procrastinate worse. So uh, they lit my fucking sushi on fire. Well, not the whole sushi, but like the front of it was just like they lit it like it was a dragon breathing flame, which was really cool. Uh, I wonder how much they upcharged their role because of it, though. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a $15 roll because, uh, one, our sushi chefs fucking hate making it. How goddamn dare you uh, even order one? And two, um, I mean, it's on fire, dude. Look at that. Look at that presentation. You're paying for the presentation. And, you know, you know, you know. You know, you know, you know. I don't know why I'm saying that. Because I'm a little bit off. Anyway. So, that was the sushi experience. Um, Interesting restaurant. And I... Would I go there again? I might. Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. So that is that. That's enough talking about that fucking sushi place, okay? I'm done talking about the sushi place. How about I talk about all these Lyft drivers that we took around Phoenix? I mean, people could probably talk about their stories with taxi drivers. It is now the same thing, talking about Lyft drivers and taxi drivers. But for some reason, driving in a Lyft is considered more safe, I guess, it seems more safe, even though there's been some scary shit. And this isn't a fucking ad for Lyft. I have no advertisements. I'm not that good of a podcast yet. I'm working on it. Settle down. Okay. So, all these Lyft drivers in Phoenix. I've met some interesting Lyft drivers. Most of them very nice. The one that I'm going to talk about, he was a super cool dude. I enjoyed the ride because we were similar in age. I'm 25. This guy, 27. He's telling me about how he's married to an older gal and starts telling me about problems with his stepchildren. I never could understand a person so young becoming a stepfather For a lot of children close to their age. I have, I know someone that's done it. I'm not saying it's bad. 
I just could never see. I just don't. I don't get it. I mean, it's like, fuck, dude. I don't want to take care of all these kids. I mean, I love you, but. And I guess I wouldn't really love you if I didn't want to take care of all your 10 kids, huh? Because I love you and I want to be around you and Stevie and Nikki and Poopy and Johnny and Kiki and Coco. And I'm just kind of like rhyming now. I could say Steven and, and Chester and Johnson. Who names their kid Johnson? I don't know. Who, who has 10 kids and then marries a fucking 27-year-old and then makes him go do lifts? I mean, that's not exactly this guy's story, but along the same fucking lines. So I was like, you got those kind of lift drivers who um, are pretty talkative. And, you know, he was steering the conversation. Mm, he got a little comfortable with us, probably. But I had no problem with it. My wife didn't care because, probably because, the similarity in age. If this was like a, and he was also Hispanic, probably. He was somewhere within the Hispanic, Latino, or whatever he fucking considers his fucking race, heritage. That's what his accent was. It was Hispanic accent. And, um, and he's talking about, or Mexican accent. He's talking about going to Mexico, too. As, like, he's telling us about how he goes to Mexico and stuff. Anyway, the only reason that that probably didn't bother my wife and I was because he was similar in age. And he was Mexican, probably. If that was a fucking, like, 40-year-old white guy, depending on how he swung it and how he looked, because, I mean, in a world... Full of judgmental people, that's what we are, right? We're all judgmental people. We're all judging people, putting them in categories, whether that category be beautiful or that category be ugly and putrid. I mean, to think, to be nowhere in category, to have no categories, to be nothing and, and have no thoughts on anything. But, so we, that was one of our Lyft drivers we had this uh, older lady who, I guess an old lady might be the proper term to describe her. Um, and she just, uh, she was just like, you know what? I'm going to figure out these roads without my GPS. I'm going to let it reroute a couple of times. Even though we told her we were on our way to a show. Maybe we should have been like, yeah, we're, we weren't running late. We were actually early, but I mean... Could you imagine if we were like, hey, man, we need to be on like the fucking go. Can't be like deciding where you want to turn versus your GPS. Anyway, I mean, I guess that's enough of the Lyft driver conversations, right? I don't need to. There wasn't the two other Lyft drivers that we had were like relatively quiet people, which I like. I like people that don't talk too much. Slight conversation is perfectly fine with me. Uh, don't have to go too deep and tell me about uh, your stepchildren. But like I said, if you're 27 and similar in age, it'll probably, will probably, you know, listen a little bit more. Um, so there was that. And, you know, I've been going places lately. At the beginning of the month, um, we went to, my wife and I met up with my parents and my little brother, who's, you know, I call him my little brother, but just for some fucking clarification, he's like 20 three 
Um, or maybe he's 22. He's going to be 23. I don't know. I don't know his specific age. You know, he's, he's his own man. He's a welder. He does his own things. Um, so we met up with them in New Mexico, and we went to a wine festival. My first time going to a wine festival was pretty pretty cool. You know, um, you know, you pay for your ticket. You can walk around, get free um, free tastings of a lot of different uh, local wine, and you can buy glass uh, like a six. It was like six dollars a glass. So this place, you're gonna get fucked up at this place, and you know they had a bunch of food carts. It was a cool place. It's cool environment. A lot of variety of people. You. You know, I saw, like, goth people there. I saw fucking jocks there. I saw old jocks there. I saw fucking retired guys. Of course, right? It's wine. Wine culture is diversifying. Do you hear that? It's not just for snooty white old people. And it doesn't have to be about race. It's not about snooty. Let's make this classist. It's not about snooty rich people anymore. Wine is just becoming about good times. (laughs) And... If you recall, at the beginning of this podcast, I said that this is a late episode and I'm recording it. I don't know if I said that I was recording it. Or, no. This is what I said at the beginning of the episode. That I already did a whole fucking, like, 15 minutes before this recording that got lost. During that time, I mentioned that I'm sitting at my kitchen table which is a nice wooden table. And what I'm going to get to, this is all going to connect, don't worry. So, I don't know how it's going to connect, actually. But this is what I'm going to say about a nice wooden table. Have a nice table in your kitchen. Not your kitchen, in your dining room. It's in. I'm in my dining room, I guess, because I'm not in my kitchen. My kitchen is fucking small, and it sucks. In the words of my wife, it's the worst kitchen ever. Um, so, the power of a nice wooden table is that it will, if you use it right, if you sit with your friends at your table and you have conversations, if you drink and you have drinks, you have food, you have meals, you share memories, you build memories, that's the power of a nice wooden table. That's the power of, you know, connect, connecting with your friends. A wooden table can definitely be a means to connection. And I know that sounds so silly. It's just a fucking table. But think about how many times you've been at a table. I mean, you go to a restaurant, you sit at a table, and the niceness of having a nice wooden table at your house is that, you know, you're making more memories at home and you feel more like home. Anyway, fuck, I don't know where that was going. I I wanted to say that about the table, though. If you can, get a table, get a nice table, sit with your friends, have conversations, have drinks, drink some wine, because wine isn't exclusive to fucking rich people no more. Everybody's drinking wine. You knew that. You're drinking wine right now. I know you are. Cheers. Ting. Day drinking. I already said it. So we went to this wine festival. We got nice and buzzed, heavily drunk, heavily buzzed. Somewhat drunk. Somewhere between there. And we, I'm, okay, so um, we, I, me and my wife bought some, some bottles of wine, and I, I'm standing in this line for this um, winery called Ponderosa Wine. Super good place. 
I just realized that my uh, my washing machine is about to start. Um, a bit upset about that. This is probably going to be a, a thirty minute podcast. I'm sorry, but um, I'm just. It's been a day, and uh, you know, it's just one of those days. Limp Biscuit. When you listen to Limp Biscuit, and uh, you try and do a podcast. Just kidding. I don't listen to Limp Biscuit, but we went to this wine festival, and. We got nice and drunk. So I'm standing in line at this at this place called Ponderosa for this cherry blossom wine. Very, very good wine. If you're ever in New Mexico and you can go stop at Ponderosa Winery, stop there and get some cherry blossom wine. Super good. So I'm standing there trying to get some bottles of this, and this line's forever. And at one point, we're getting, like, hit by these uh, women behind us. Not on purpose, but because they're um, super short, and um, they... They just keep hitting us, and they eventually talk, start talking to my little brother, and they're just like, "Hey, can you uh, can you hold this for us?" So he's he's holding it for them, and then she's the the, the chick's like starting to ask him questions, he's like, "How old are you?" And then he's just like, "How old do you think I am?" Like, "What do you do? What do you think I do?" And so you know he's talking to her, and she's just like, "He's just like, oh, you know, you're very pretty, you know, he's spitting some game, slick." Slick Patrick is, you know, he's spitting some game. <laughs> and uh, so she's just like, you know, you're very handsome and stuff. And he's just like, are you single? And she's like, no, I'm married. She's like, but he's like, uh, he's old and he's mean to me. He's like, do you have any kids? <laughs> she's like, I, yeah, I've got like uh, like two kids and like three stepkids. And he's like, oh, that's cool. So they're talking and then like it's hot. It's not super cool in New Mexico. It's not like a, it was. It was a nice day, but it was the sun was out, so we're sweating and stuff. And she's just like she looks at her friend. And she's just like, "Hey, get the get the tissues out." So she they give us some tissues, but she takes one and she's like, "You know, I'll I'll clean you up." So she's all tapping him on his head and stuff, and like on his chest, and just like really being super flirtatious. And it's just fucking hilarious. And you know. I end up getting my, uh, I get my stuff, and she's just like, uh, as we're leaving, she's like, I'll never forget you, and I thought, that's so strange, this lady was just, I wonder how often that lady is going to, uh, to wine events and just trying to spit some game at some handsome men, I don't know, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't, no, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, sorry that this episode's kind of shitty and short, um, but it's an episode, so it's better than nothing. Nobody even listens to this fucking show. And if you do listen to the show, thank you, dude. Thanks for being the fucking three listeners that listen to this show. Just kidding. Uh, this show's going to take off, and you're going to see me putting my uh, handprints in the Hollywood Walk. And uh, I'm going to be uh, all walks of life. So uh, thank you. And uh, if you're listening to this episode, if you're not busy in Tucson... On Friday, the October 1st, then go to Thunder Canyon Brewery, downtown Tucson, and come watch Toilet, Sucker for the Sour, and Woke Up New, because it's going to be a fun show, and we're going to get rowdy, 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 rowdy. All right, thanks for listening. Sorry again for a fucking short episode, but uh, I'm stopping because I got clothes in the washer. Everything's being loud. I fucking had to do this. I had to record this shit like twice, so I mean, uh, it's not ideal but soon there's gonna be more guests okay and if you could just sit with me and just relax 
then we will get through this together. I promise. Just fucking listen to this 28 minutes again. So it's like you listen to two podcasts, maybe. Maybe listen to it three times. I don't know. It's not that great of an episode, but it's something. I'm sorry. All right. Thanks. Bye.